And here we are with episode number five of the Fight Twins podcast brought to you by UFL TV and Triad Promotions. And today's special guest is Vinny Shorman, the well-renowned mind coach, uh, teaching athletes to be mindful and prepare them for the mental game. Uh, Vinny's been around the block. He's a well-known commentator for striking martial arts and it's an absolute pleasure to have him on our podcast today. Uh, We'll have Vinny on with us very shortly in a couple of short moments. We're going to just call him right now. Hi there, Vinny. You alright? How are you doing, sir? Absolute pleasure to have you on. No problem at all, man. Absolutely fantastic, Vinny. So, how how's things been with you, Vinny, during this uh, pandemic right now, during this coronavirus? How have you been handling the situation? Like everybody else, um, you know, people think because of the job I do, the, the um, you know, and, and what I do for a living, you know, of course, that I'm unaffected. Probably less affected than some, but still, nevertheless, I'm a human being. And, um, you know, there's times when um, I've um, not certainly not been happy about it and had uh, thoughts about it that are not um, what I normally have, but it's a situation that we're not normally in. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy. I live in a, a nice area. Um, I've got a big garden. I've got a gym. My kids are safe. My family's safe. Um and then I'm just trying to do my best to keep level-headed and keep my clients on track as well. It's a very unfortunate situation, isn't it? Because we're all we're all put in the situation where we have to kind of keep ourselves to ourselves. But we, a lot of us, live very busy, active lives. So yeah. you, we're finding we're finding a lot of people they're, they're very unhappy right now, which is quite sad. It's quite unfortunate. However, there's so many positives to take from the situation as well. You know. Well, um, the, the thing is, what what sorry to interrupt you, but the thing is, the main thing is we're all in it together. So I think if once we get like a collective mindset of um, what goes on I think it's better for us to to understand that everybody's in the same situation it's varying degrees, people are ill people have lost loved ones uh, people have lost businesses but nevertheless I still think that we're all in it together and I think once if we if we could understand that to a degree where we could help each other I think it, this, this will pass quicker and, and pass in a more um a more uh, what's the word, subtle way instead of being arduous. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely agree. Because indirectly, you know, society in a way it's it's becoming more closer with each other, and, and on 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 every level, people are communicating more, and you know, people are caring more. They're caring more about the homeless. They're caring more about the less fortunate. You know, in these type of situations, because they're the most vulnerable. You know, so it's, I think it's quite nice how everybody's coming together. To help each other, you know, and everybody's really looking out for the vulnerable. Yeah, I think I think we should. I think, and that's how it really should be. I think that the, the trouble is with the information that we can we've got our fingertips to. A lot of the information's bullshit. Yeah. And um, <laughs> people are diving on it and blaming this and blaming that and all oh, this because the Earth's made of tomato soup or whatever <laughs> I mean, I don't know. and I mean I just think that the trouble is it's so it's mo- instead of being uninformed about what we really not know about 
do as you're told and get on with it. I think if we do as you're told and get on with it, we'll get through it. Do as you know. Because at the end of the day, you know, YouTube doctors or YouTube gurus are not in, in charge of the running of each day to day of the of the country. People that are in power are so. You do exactly what everybody else does, and then we'll get through this quicker. And that's not being a sheep in any way. There's not. There's still individual thinking, but. You know, just get your heads down and get on with it. It's a, it's a war type, type kind of spirit, a war, uh, you know, a, 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 an at war type of mindset that we should adopt. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, yeah, it's very fascinating your, your your opinion on that. So, Vinny, just for the listeners, because obviously we, we we've got quite a, a vast crowd here, just to let them know like what's going on. So, just to explain to them better who you are and what you do. So, obviously, you're you're very famous. A renowned mind coach uh, throughout the UK and throughout the world actually you deal you work with some really big names and we have actually been following you for some time now and we're big fans of yours actually so if you could just explain to the the listeners um, what it is that you actually do because I know it's it's very interesting yeah thank you very much um, and thanks for that introduction I would say uh I wouldn't say uh, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm uh, any different than anybody else. I just got a, a, a job that I love doing, and people have recognised it. So, but yeah. thanks for that. That's really kind of you. No problem. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a mind coach. I've been a mind coach since 2007. Um, I got on that journey because of my own uh, difficulties in not being able to grasp fully what I'm able to do or what I, what I should have been doing. Um, an arduous time. I think I think it's good to go through arduous times because it teaches us things about ourselves that good times don't teach us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I've been involved, involved in uh, hypnosis and neurolinguistic programming for a while, which is NLP. Um, and I've had some, uh, yeah, some very. I've been very fortunate and very lucky and very blessed to be in certain situations. I've been on Joe Rogan four times. Um, I been all over the world doing what I love and just putting my passion into something that I believe in yeah yeah it's it's, it's fantastic because obviously you work with some some fantastic athletes like Liam Harrison who's he's eight nine times uh, world champion in Muay Thai he's probably the best uh, Muay Thai practitioner to come out of the United Kingdom uh, other other names include uh, Eddie Alvarez the underground king who's obviously he's a legend in, in in mixed martial arts he's competed everywhere in japan america you name it um and and i noticed on your biography that you you've worked with uh, business people and people from all walks of life actually not only athletes like you work with business people and you know people from other industries as well which is quite interesting yeah can you speak a little bit about that yeah i mean i've worked i've worked with uh I work mainly with people, so you know there is a you know the forefront of it is if you if you look look into me you will see Liam you will see Eddie Alvarez Cody uh, Garbrandt Ian McCall UFC fighters kickboxers and boxers etc. But underneath the underneath it all is um, is a, a massive uh, uh, bunch of clients, the CEOs, of businesses, people from. I don't know, lollipop ladies and milkmans or whatever, and I get just as much magic from that, seeing them improve and seeing their lives change, than I would see an athlete win a world title. You know, no one's different to me. Um, everyone's everyone's the same, and I see each person as an individual, and I get, get massive amounts of satisfaction with working with everybody. It's a, it's a very 
very uh, rewarding job. That's awesome. That's it's beautiful that you've that you've found something that you're very passionate about, and you're obviously you're excellent at doing it, and obviously it gives you great fulfillment. So, Vinny, just to just to give uh, just to give the listeners like a better understanding, we're gonna we're just gonna go back to the beginning, bro, and because we want to know what were the events that took place that led you to reach the point that you are today. You know, what were the events? that created Vinny Shorman that we have today, you know? Where, where did uh, it all begin? It all be, I think it all began when I've always been, I've always liked people uh, stuff. I always liked people. never like to see anyone upset or down or, 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 or um, you know, overwhelmed with fear. I've always not liked that, even as long as I can remember. And people used to say to me at school, you're really good to talk to, etc. And I've never been shy at coming forward. Um, and then I went, I did Muay Thai, I trained world champions in that. I did well in, in, in the sport, etc. But I just, I was going through a rough time of my own, um, drinking too much and taking various sort of narcotics to keep me dancing, if you, if you, get, if you can move between the lines. And, um, and it wasn't me, it was just something that was I was dealing with to help um, deal with some personal things and, and a breakup and, a, and leaving my children, etc. splitting up with their mum. And I went to a seminar by a, a man called Keith Mayer, who now works for Liverpool Football Club, and that's why they've done so well. And he was my first coach, really. And then he told me that he was doing... Uh, I went to his seminar, felt great, didn't realise why. And then... Um, I went and did um, a seminar and uh, the rest is history. I found books and, and pursued it to a high degree. Wow, wow. So, that sounds like such a, sounds so inter- such an interesting journey. It's a very fascinating uh, like area, that area of study. So what do you think, what do you feel today? This, do you feel the psychology, you know, in sports and in whatever we do, do you feel like that is that is a very powerful component of, you know, success, the eventual success? The, the most powerful one. Yeah. You know, you know, all this strength and conditioners, this, 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 that, this nutrition that all goes hand in hand. But I know if you're if you're not motivated to do it, if you wake up and go, I don't want to do it, you'd be not going to do it. Your body's not going to do it. You might. You're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to push yourself forward or. You only see yourself get into a certain level. You'll only get to that certain level because you're programming your mind to do so. So yeah. I think it's... I mean, along with everything, you've got to have arms and legs and stuff like that, obviously, you know, these the things that are essentials. But I think you have got to have a mindset that is going to get you to a point where you want to be. And I think it's all to do with mindset. If you haven't got the mindset for it, you can't do it. You can have people that are physically... There's a story by... Um, He's called, what was he called? Eddie Fudge. And he was probably the most famous boxing coach ever, or the best. He was deemed as the best. I think he's trained the most world champions. And he used to say there was a, a guy that used to come into the gym, a student with long hair, a white guy. He'd walk in, he'd go on the bag, and he was the best Muhammad Ali he'd ever seen. He was just so good at mimicking. He could do all the moves and stuff. But he was happy doing it on the bag. So, you know, some people... I haven't got that well, you know, obviously he had the extreme talent, we didn't want to put it into the ring, so there's some, some different things that if your mind is, if someone has spoken to him or got him, or maybe he didn't want to do that, but if he had that mindset, excuse me, if you hear the coughing, it's my dog, she's got, she's got a bad heart, <laughs> um, sorry about that, <laughs> then 
you know, if your mindset's not on, on what you want to do or you're not set to do that, you certainly won't achieve it. So, you know, it's uh, it's all about putting your mind in the right place, really. I, I agree with you because we see a trend amongst see elite-level athletes and, you know, winners, ultimate winners at anything. We do see a trend in these people in their characteristics. You know, you, you do see a certain uh, similarities in their, you know, their mindset and how strong-willed they are and how kind of unbreakable their self-belief usually is. Usually, yeah. usually these people have very, very powerful self-belief. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's very interesting, uh, and and I, I have noticed that that and absolutely what you're saying is I feel like that's it's a it's a big factor. We have a lot of especially in martial arts, we have a lot of people uh, in gyms up and down the country who are they're extremely talented people, um, and they, they perform at a very high level in the gym, in sparring, uh, maybe uh, in uh, like some small grappling competition and stuff like that. But when it comes to stepping up uh, to competing in maybe mixed martial arts or Muay Thai, some people, they just, they literally cannot handle it. And uh, it's, it, they've got all the talent in the world. So clearly, what you're saying, there's clearly a lot of truth to it because we can see it everywhere in sports. We can see it absolutely everywhere. Uh, and yeah. obviously gyms, even in our gym, uh, we ran a gym for a short while and you know we had students who were fantastic uh, at training and they were fan they were so fit and conditioned but they just couldn't execute and uh, they just didn't have uh, what it took to step into a ring they just couldn't gather themselves together mentally physically and get in there which is quite sad really it's not it, it isn't it's not because at least look it, it's not paramount is it it's a sport where, look, you're not going to earn a million dollars from it. You know, you earn a belt and it looks lovely and you could say you're a champion and if that's the way you want to live your life, great. It's not for everyone. And I've said this so many times. But it takes a different type of person to, to do that. And if they want to do that, then they've got to be willing to know that nerves, that pain, that, that sacrifice is all part of it. And, and some people like the idea of it. It's all glamorous. You see Liam and he's volleying pads and he's punching holes out of stuff and stuff like that. You see Eddie Alvarez where he lives and, and the, the, the trappings have got. But they have, I've seen the tears. I've seen the snot. I've seen the blood. I've seen the, the shortcomings, the the, uh, the failures and the, um, you know, and the trip ups, etc. You've got to be willing to take that as well. So you, you can't expect to... It's like now, like society now, we, we all like, oh yeah, and it's great and we run. And then now it's taken away from us. And that these certain things are taken away from us. Then it, it's, it's, it's how much do you want it? And some people don't because it, they don't have to. It's not, you know, you know, you, you know, me and you will be friends, we've been friends for a while. And, you know, you'd like me whether I've got a belt or not. I mean, people seem to think that a belt would change their life. Some people it will, and some people it does, and some people it can inspire from it. But if it's not necessary and you feel like it's not for you, it's certainly, if you question whether it is for you or it isn't, it's probably not. Yeah, I absolutely agree. No, I absolutely agree with you. It is something that's for that special person, you know, that's really willing to sacrifice everything, and, you know, they're really willing to put everything on the line. So I, wouldn't say the spe- I wouldn't say the special. I'd yeah. say it's just what they want to do. Because, you know, I, I know people that are uh, brilliant world champions, they can punch, they can fight, and blah, blah, blah. I know, so I'm not going to mention his name, but he's a multiple world champion in boxing, right? And I know that 
he had to do certain things the other week and, and he didn't know where the salt and pepper was in his house. Wow. He didn't know how to, how to make uh, certain things and one of my friends had to go make him dinner because he hadn't got a clue. And they, this is a very, very famous person. I'll tell you when we're off air. Yeah. And, um, you know, and so that, you know, you know, it's like they can go and they can fight and they can do this, they can do that. They can win multiple world champions and be multi-millionaires, yet they can't put the dinner together. Some things are difficult for people and some people like, look at look at nurses, doctors. I mean, you can be brave, you can fight, you can you come through with blood and snot and tears and elbows and knees and chokes, whatever you call it. But then go and stand at the front line of the NHS. They go and see people's parents and people's gasping for air or, or in, in difficult situations that all hospitals have, regardless of the coronavirus. You know, everyone's got their own sort of inner hero or inner something that we can't do. And it just seems to be that we see that the glamour side of sport is the, the titles or the belts and whatever, you know, and yet these average people driving past the, could do things that you would just sure as I think you could even attempt yeah absolutely absolutely agree with that absolutely agree with with what you're saying there it's it's very true um so yeah Vinny we just want to we just want to take a little switch the topic a little bit here and I want to I want the crowd to hear I want the audience to know to listen a little bit about your your beginnings in Muay Thai and how uh you eventually got involved working with Infusion because I know you work a lot with Infusion yeah. Uh, and Yorkau, and you do a fantastic job commentating there, because uh, we watch a lot of the. Oh, we've literally we've watched so many of your bouts um, where you've been commentating over the years. We've always enjoyed um, listening to your commentary. You always got very good insight. We feel into the game, um, so it's it's just good over the years. We just kind of grew up watching the sport, hearing your voice. So it's kind of your voice is kind of part of it. You know, when you watch things like Infusion and stuff like that, you kind of expect your voice to be uh, commentating the bouts. So how did you, how did you, how did that come about? And obviously Muay Thai, the art of Muay Thai, how did you get started in that? And what's the story behind that? I was 15 years of age when I started Muay Thai. I had a friend called Russell Thornley. Um, he told me to come down. He, he was into Kung Fu, etc. years earlier. And he said, I'll oh, come down and, and do this Thai boxing. So I went. Um, I was smoking at the time. I was only 15. It's like, didn't wasn't really interested in any sort of false rupture football, blah, blah. And I just went down there and enjoyed it. I had a best friend called Stephen Moore. And he used to train with us, me. And then we got our own set of pads. And we, we just started training. Um, and we just enjoyed it and became an obsession, as it does. Uh, become deeply embroiled in it. Training with Master Scan in uh, Nutsford, where I live again now. Oh, wow. And then I um, had a few fights, nothing major, nothing to write home about. And then I went boxing. I left Thai boxing for a while uh, because Master Scan shut the gym down. So I went to uh, Grandmaster Scan as he is now. Then I went to start going boxing. Loved boxing, but I had a bout in that. I did all right, won that. And then um, then someone asked me to teach at a gym because they couldn't do it one night. So I went over on a tour, and then he asked me again, and I did it, and then he asked me to take over it because he didn't want to do it anymore. And then that became that. I trained world champions eventually, um, training with some great names, and uh, mixed with you know Warren Brown, who was uh, who was in uh, Luther, and he's in Strike Back, and he was in uh, Batman, uh, The Dark Knight Rises, etc. He was one of the champions that I trained. Kevin Harper, who's got his own successful gym. 
I went all over Europe with it. And then one day uh, I was at home and someone, I went to a show, actually I went to a show and someone said, uh, the commentators haven't turned up, would you do it? So I said, sure. And it was it was a show for Sky, funnily enough. <laughs> um, there was, and then, yeah, so I commentated on that. They liked me. Um, and then I, and then they liked me. And then they, they asked me to do more of it. And then I got a phone call um, from Sean Toomey, as still a dear friend of mine, and asked me what to commentate in Holland. So I said, okay, yeah, sure. I said, no problem. Uh, and then the, the owner of It's Showtime rung me, Simon Rotson. I knew nothing about It's Showtime or anything. He said, oh, will you come and say it on our show? I said, yeah. So I went over. They flew me over to Holland with uh, me and one of my students who was a fighter as well. He's got his own successful team called Rick Barnett. And then I got there and it was Amsterdam Marina and there was 26,000 people. Right? Whoa. Uh, well, I was live to... I know, it's crazy. And live to 89 countries all over the world. So I did that at It's Showtime for a few years. Um, got a big name on that, really. Uh, well, not a big name, but I mean, you know, per se. Bada Harry and, and all that, and Walkow were on it, and various other big, big names, etc. And then they got bought out by Glory. But um, Glory wanted their own American commentators, and you know, they went through, actually went through a lot. And I was kind of in, left in a bit of nowhere land, really. I did a little bit of work for K1, but Edwin Van Oss was one of the owners of its showtime said, do you want to come and work for me? I'm going to do a new label called Infusion. Um, I wanted to keep commentating because I love the job. And um, that was in 2013. And Infusion has just gone from strength to strength since then. I mean, last year we did 22 shows. This year was scheduled for 15. But obviously, with the current climate, that, that's uh, that's not feasible. But yeah, I've been to dear, a very dear friend of mine. That is Julie Kitchen. She... Um, she, she works for Infusion as well. I, I worked for Infusion, she's got another job now, but she told us commentary. And uh, yeah, that's that's it really. I got to do various shows. I got And then Yokal 2012, Stefania, who's a lovely lady. She I was the first person to work for Yokal and did their commentary. Uh, and yeah, it's been gone from strength to strength. And I'm, I'm very appreciative of Brian and Steve and everybody from Infusion, from Yokal. Uh, Bessie Edwin and uh, the rest of the people that work for Infusion. I'm very, very, very appre- appreciate them both. The only two companies I work for. People have asked me to work for other companies, but I know where I am. Um, I know who I work for, and uh, I'm happy doing them both. And I really appreciate that you've said those, those kind words about uh, the commentary. You can't please everybody. That's one of the things with commentary. But I've seen some fantastic, uh, some fantastic, fantastic fights, and I know that my voice is actually in history now in the sport so I'm, I'm happy that I can deliver that in, in a way that's exciting to people yeah it's, it's such a fantastic show honestly and everybody up and down uh, the country wherever there's Muay Thai or stand-up fanatics you know they, they're absolutely obsessed with Infusion uh, Yoko, they're absolutely obsessed with those shows because uh, we have a lot of Scottish guys that travel down and fight on these shows as well Yes. Um, it's, so in Scotland, you know, obviously, there's a huge crowd for the Muay Thai. And, uh, yeah, they, they absolutely love it. And it, it's fantastic. So that, that's a very interesting uh, that's a very interesting route you took uh, to becoming a commentator. Um, but it's, it sounds fantastic. Such a such a journey. You know, such a yeah, fantastic well, journey. Some people, they, they say that if, if, it's, if what's meant for you won't go past you. Absolutely. I mean, if you look... 
if you look at my, it's a Scottish saying actually that. Well, you look at my my introductions to Muay Thai, to commentary. I mean, you know, who's going to go to a show where the commentators didn't turn up? And it's 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 a bit more left in fate than anything else, you know. So I believe in certain certain esoterical spiritual stuff for it um, it depends if you like me or not if you don't like me they say it's a curse or they can say it's a blessing so um, but yeah I, I just think it's a, if there's anything I was meant to do it's meant to talk anyway in both jobs whether it be speaking commentary wise or speaking to clients both of them are um, thinking on your feet and um, using your mind to, to portray a story Absolutely. It just sprung to my mind there. Um, one of the bouts on Infusion that I really liked where you were commentating was an absolute war. It was uh, Mohamed Zakaria, and he was competing against another Moroccan fighter, but I can't remember his name right yeah, now. It was, it was, it was uh, Mohamed Jariah versus Nordin Banmo. Yes, 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 that bout. Now, that yeah. bout is absolutely crazy. Uh, yeah. I mean... The commentary you done on that fight was phenomenal, honestly, and it's just because your commentary just sinks in so well with the action, and it just yeah. it, it just flows together really, really well, and you're <laughs> describing what's going on. And honestly, see, for combat sports fans, when I saw that fight, I was my jaw hit the floor. Honestly, yeah, the the, it was the an talent level, classic. yeah, uh, Muhammad Muhammad Zakaria, he's some, he's an absolute special fighter. He's a brilliant yeah, fighter Ma- to Mohammed, watch. Muhammad Jariah is called Jariah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Zariah. Yeah, I mean, um, I named him as well, uh, the destroyer Mohammed Jariah. But um, <laughs> and Ilias Blade, the Blade, I named him. Uh, Ishmael Lazar, the Star. That's still rhyming, aren't they? Uh, Nordin Bentmo, Mr. KO. And it, it, it is, you know, when two Moroccans are gonna fight, and they come from different parts of the country. Well, actually, Bentmo's from uh, Belgium. It was just, I, I just knew. It was going to be an absolute war. And Jiraiya's always in good fights anyway. Nordin's always in good fights. And they're extremely nice people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was very privileged to, to be ringside. And also when Liam Harrison fought Hasim uh, Benoui. Yeah. I've been very fortunate. And you can't help but get dragged into the narrative of the story and be able to project that in a way that is genuine. You know, it's not made up excitement, you know. It's... Uh, I'm, look, when I'm sat there, I'm a fan first and then a commentator second. And, you know, I'm forever grateful that these young men go in and they risk life and limb for the entertainment uh, uh, and the, the, the taste of glory. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky and I'm... Um, yeah, it brings back great memories. That's amazing, honestly. It's phenomenal to see. Uh, who, can I ask, how did you meet Liam Harrison? I've known Liam. I've known Liam since he was about... I've known Liam for 20 years. I've known Liam since he was about 15. I think he's 35 now. I've known Liam since he was 15. Um, I met... I first met Liam... I, I don't know. I, I've always we were just bumped into each other at shows. Obviously, I'm older than Liam. I'm fifty. Liam's thirty-five, so I've got fifteen years on him. And I was a coach uh, at, at a gym, and, and, and Liam's coach Richard used to come down and train and spar there. So I got to know Richard, and of course, his wife Lisa, and and then Liam, me and Liam got what got what gets the thing is with me and Liam got the same sense of humour, you know, and, and Andy as well. So we've always had the same sense of humour. So there was a it was quite a click of us, really. Um, although I lived in, you know, in Cheshire, two hours away, we've always had 
there's not a day goes by where me and Liam don't speak or don't text or anything like that. Um, but yeah, we just, it's, just, it's a sense of humour that's, that's bonded us. It's the complete nonsense, really. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a long way to continue. Yeah, no, that's that's excellent to hear. He's such a well-respected fighter. He's sublimely talented as well. Who's your favourite fighters? I want to know who's your top three fighters in the world right now, in your opinion. In in boxing or what? Oh, oh just uh, in um, in K1. Let's just say in K in K1. Oh, so so kickboxing rules. Um, I'd say my favourite fighter in in these personal reasons. Um. Iman Barlow is one of my favourites because he's such a dear friend, my, friend of mine. Um, I like uh, Ilias Belade because I think he's a fantastic person. He's so many. He's very difficult to pick three. Um, Andy Sowers because of the legendary... Legendary. Yeah. <laughs> I think the best one I've ever seen, kickboxer I've ever seen, is Giorgio Petrosian. Yeah. Oh. I don't think anyone's going to beat him at all until Giorgio Petrosian decides he wants to get beat because he's just and to see him up close and the thing is I've seen Petrosian at least 10 I've seen Giorgio Petrosian about 10 years ago so I've seen him more, maybe more I've seen him before anybody else um, before he came onto the scene and he was just amazing and I said this kid is going to wipe the floor of everybody and and people say to me no I wouldn't no I don't know blah 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 he did and he proved and I proved me right I said that slip up with Andy Risty but um yeah he's uh he's definitely in there but to pick three he's difficult because I've got a personal relationship with some of them you know mm-hmm. uh but if, if I was pushed to say my favourites who's you know who I think's an all time great 100% Petrosian 100% Andy Sauer, Masato, uh, Masato. Incredible another legend. Masato. Yeah, Masato. <laughs> I've worked with him. Uh, Borkow. Um, so yeah, that in kickboxing. In Muay Thai, I, I, Liam's got to stay there with me because he's, you know, he's one of my best friends, and and you can't help but admire what he's done and, and, and what he's done for the country and what he's done in for Muay Thai. Um, I really, really enjoy. I really enjoy Sunshine now more than I did years ago I prefer him now because of his sweeps and his his timing he, he just because he's older and he can't really you know he can't really pull off the things that he used to do he's adapted his style where it's just minimalist but so effective but my, my favourite Muay Thai fight from Thailand was uh, Nam Kabwan the ring genius uh, Nam Kabwan Nongki Payuth and he was uh, absolutely amazing the fighter and uh so slick and so clever and so um, so artful. He was hundred uh, percent my favourite. Fantastic! That's such an excellent selection you got there. So what about what about uh, what's your fa- who's your favourite K one uh, K one Japan like from the nineties and early two thousands? Who's your favourite yeah. heavyweight? Um, the, the most exciting is probably Bada Harry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Drama, badder, brought drama that no one else could ever, ever portray and ever put over. But I think, I think Ernesto Hoot in his actual prime and in his in his day, Mr. Perfect. Um, yeah, he was he was a fantastic fighter. Uh, badder for excitement, but I think the all-time great, really heavyweight, is he has got to be host. I think. Yeah, 
Oh, it's an absolute legend. Watching those old shows were just so special, wasn't it? Like the the crowds they would get in those arenas in Japan. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's magical stuff, really. Um, it's really really phenomenal, and growing up watching that kind of stuff inspired us so much. Oh yeah, it's fabulous. I mean, you know, and listening to the stories that Ernesto told us about how they'd be, they'd be camping outside the Japanese, and they would be, you know, they, they were in, they're in milk uh, commercials and toothpaste commercials. They had little dolls made of them, and they, it was a it was a proper proper era of the nineties. And you got to give credit to my mate Michael Chavello who who helped deliver um, such an exciting way of commentating that it. it it, it gave me a path really to get into the sport and you know and um, I've got nothing but love and respect for Michael and I just think he, you know he's still doing a, a, an amazing job on one so I've got a lot of respect for him yeah he's fantastic he really is so i just got a quick question for you what's your favourite martial arts movie of all time do you know what I watch well, can I have three <laughs> yeah well yeah of course that's not a problem <laughs> I like Drunken Master oh brilliant with Sam Seed in it, I like that. I really like Police Story. Oh, oh phenomenal! Yeah. <laughs> phenomenal. I tell, what, I tell you what, I watched the other day that was Mint, and I, I just watched it by accident. Um, Ip Man Four. Ip Man Four. Wow. Ip Man Four is class. It's called Ip Man Four: The Finale, and it's superb. I really enjoyed it. Wow. Um, well, I'm crazy on kung fu movies and all that, and and. And uh, sort of really badly dubbed, you know, and teachers with long te- teachers with the long moustaches and yeah and all that. I can't uh, believe I can't believe you just said drunken master, honestly, because that story. and police story as well. <laughs> That's just some of the most classic Jackie Chan movies ever. Yeah, and it's really badly dubbed as well, police story. <laughs> yeah, it's called Kevin, Kevin in it, it as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, police story was fab, and, um, and and drunken master. But uh, yeah, Ip Man Four is 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 now one of my uh, firm favourites. But yeah, I used to love them films, man. I watched them all day. It was it was, it was good. What about your favourite Bruce Lee movie? I've got a friend called Paul Odey, uh, and. You can make him a friend on Facebook and ask him. His dad was in uh, Way of the Dragon. Really? His dad, yeah. His dad was one of the baddies that comes to beat up the owner of the restaurant in, oh. in, the, in the restaurant in Italy because it was the one with uh, Chuck Norris in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his dad was uh, in the army at the time, but he was stationed in Hong Kong, and um, or wherever. I don't I think it was. I don't know why. It was, but he was supposed to stay in Italy, wasn't it? And. Um, yeah, and his his dad was uh, in Way of the Dragon, so yeah, wow. all OD. That's and, and he spoke weird with Bruce Lee. He spoke weird with Bruce Lee and, and sang with, on the guitar and stuff. And Paul's got some pictures. If you ask him, wow, <laughs> he's, he's, make him a friend. Just say you're a friend of mine, or I'll tell him, and then he'll he'll show you the picture of his dad. He smoked weed with uh, Bruce Lee. Now that is well, something yeah, else. He got, got smacked with nunchuckers by Bruce Lee, um, and got kicked side kicks as well. So he was a, uh, Bruce Lee was a really really chilled out guy. Um, I, you can't help but say that you, Man at the Dragon was the number one. Absolutely, I agree. I think Man at the Dragon was number one. A big boss I liked as well. Uh, Fist of Fury was good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's, I'd say uh, Man at the Dragon was the best. That's definitely something to tell your grandkids, isn't it? I smoked weed with Bruce Lee. Yeah, <laughs> well, 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 he's dead now. He's passed away last year, sadly. 
But, yeah. um, you know, Pod, Pod, it's called Pod, I call him Pod. I speak to him every day. He's a very, very nice guy. He's got a, a picture of uh, Bruce Lee. Uh, Bruce Lee and his dad sat around all smack laughing and joking and around the guitar. So, yeah, it was, it was uh, good days for him. Well, it sounds really good. That's amazing. So, Vinny, that's us near the end of our podcast now. Um, it's actually flown by quite fast. We've done 36 minutes. Um, we just want to say thank you, honestly, from the bottom of our hearts, because we, we appreciate you coming on, and, and we're so humbled by you wanting to come on to our podcast, especially at our beginning stages. Uh, yeah. So we just want to thank you so much, and uh, hopefully in the future we could maybe get you on again when we when we do video podcasting uh, later on down the line. I mean, look, you know, the thing is, I'm, I'm massively flattered by what you said, but, you know... You know, and I'm not an approachable person. You know, when once you start thinking that you're above your station, you know that that's not where I want to get. And I want to thank you for having me on. I feel very flattered, very honoured. Um, I know these times will pass, and I know that there's brighter days. And, and of course, when you get your video stuff together, I'll be more than honoured to come and uh, and go on your uh, wonderful podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Vinny. See, just as a as a going away message, can you give one message? to anybody who's young or old uh, who might be going through some difficult times or they might be interested in martial arts what is a message that you could give to people who are struggling right now mentally or physically the the messages we're all in it together so if you're feeling really down or if you're feeling really um, worried ask uh, ring someone and speak to them about them so if you if you're if you're on facebook and you're going through Facebook and someone, you, you will read somebody's status of going through somebody something, just send them a text or a message, inbox them and just say, I hope you're okay, I hope everything's doing alright, you and your family. Just message your friends, ask them how they're doing because someone will ask you how you're doing and then that, that's where the exchange of, of information will come. You might say something that they want to hear, they might say something that you want to hear and that's what people do. It's, you know, it, it's, we have the answers around us sometimes we might not know them but other people will be able to give us information to to alleviate the stresses and strains that we're all going through you, you, no one's in this on their own and that's that's all i've got to say to you that this everyone around you is worried enough don't watch the news too much you know watch it once a day but not fill your head full of it all day and beware of conspiracy theories that that the, the thing is it's just completely conspiracy secondly Yes, martial arts, whatever it is, if it's if it's MMA, Muay Thai, boxing, Kung Fu, Karate, Jeet Kune Do, you know, whatever, go and do something physically to move your body. Whatever it is, whatever you do, go and enjoy it and do it to your best of your ability and see what it takes you. Absolutely, couldn't agree with you more. So thank you very much, Vinny. That's us for our podcast for today, episode number five, and we'll be back soon. Thank you very much, Vinny. No problem, my friend. You said okay. Thank you, Vinny.